G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. Kids will say to me, I was at such and such a place and people were saying all Aboriginals are and I say to them, have you ever met any Aboriginal people? I've been to an Aboriginal settlement and that's this is what they like. They run their own radio station in Alice Springs, you know, they run a medical service, all of this stuff. Oh, that's, that's really a lasting legacy and it does carry over into thinking about other cultures too. The story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, our guest today is once again retired high school teacher Colin Yule. Last time we heard his journey to becoming a teacher at a Christian school and how he's a little bit unorthodox with long hair tied in a ponytail and an earring. Also, because of his heritage, he wears a kilt from time to time. When we ended last time, Colin was beginning to share about how he became involved in taking generations of students, including Eric Scatterbo's own children, to Uindamu Aboriginal Settlement, about 300 kilometres northwest of Alice Springs. Now, here's more of Colin Yule chatting with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios. One of the experiences we want to chat with you about is your legacy of taking students every year to the Uindamu Aboriginal Settlement north of Alice Springs. How did that come about? Yep. When I started teaching at Mount Evelyn Christian School, MEX for shorthand, mm-hmm. yep. it was a very, a pretty radical Christian school, you know. It didn't, you In what way? Oh, it didn't have uniforms, for one mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, and we, it allowed students to have teachers with ponytails and yeah, earrings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Uh, and, and really, the school really, really believed in writing our own curriculum and making it thoroughgoingly Christian. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't prayer at the start of the day and prayer at the end of the lessons or something like that. And and nothing in between. Yeah, yeah. Related to Christianity. So, you know, in biology, it talked about the impact of Christian belief and Mm -hmm. thought. Creation in design, you know, Mm -hmm. is, I think, a really important factor. Yeah. You know, see, people who are a- totally anti-Christian, anti-God, uh, totally secular, mechanistic world still talk, don't they, about how your ear is designed, mm-hmm. boom, boom. That, mm-hmm. It's such a hard word to avoid. Yeah, yeah. And in the maths And area, how could it have come about without exactly, it being designed? Yeah, well, yeah. that's a big leap of faith, isn't yeah, it, really? Exactly. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Now, the other thing about maths... Oh, yeah, we wanted to get to... Yeah, we do, yeah sorry. Yeah. We... we um, we wanted our teaching to be hands-on as much as possible. So mm-hmm. if you did a unit on forestry, mm-hmm. you went to a forest, mm-hmm. you talked to people who cut trees down, yeah. you talked to people who didn't like trees being cut down. So you get into business studies, mm-hmm. you go to a supermarket, you talk to people, you talk to people who run businesses, you mm-hmm. don't just do an academic study, Not turn to page book. 14 yeah, of your yeah, book. Yeah. In the year 10, when I started... My first year, what a bunch of out, out there rascals they were. Um, the they, students. The students, Oh, yeah. not, not, not the other teachers. No, <laughs> no. Um, we, we had a unit on Japan, 
And the principal said to me, Colin, that's all very well, but how do you practically do Japan? We can't go to Japan. Yeah, yeah. We can get stuff from the Japanese embassy, and that's Mm. all packaged, you know, very nicely tied up, very neat. Mm. Um, Why don't we should do something on Aboriginal studies? Mm -hmm. Now, now, Eric, this is 1978 or thereabouts. No one anywhere did that sort of thing. Mm. It was unheard of. And so Jack Mickelson, our principal, gave me license to have time off from school to go and research Aboriginality in our area. Mm. Now, today, everyone knows Wurundjeri is the tribal name of the major group from here. Uh, But in those days, people didn't. The east side of Melbourne. Yeah. Even Aboriginal people didn't. Mm. I went to some meetings of the Aboriginal Educational Consultative Group and found that they, they were as... As, as lost in expressing their Aboriginality as mm. anybody was, but they knew that they were Aboriginal. You mm. know? So we, we put, put together a bit of a program, and Jack, the principal, who always wanted to be a bus driver... <laughs> said, Interesting combination. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Instead of just using black and white 16mm film, mm. which was almost always about tribal people living in Western Australia or the desert, you know, and quite dated, mm-hmm. um, we, should, we should actually try to make it very much more hands-on. So we hired a bus with a driver and a jockey who was the man's wife. Mm-hmm. She did the cooking, mm-hmm. organised duty groups and whatnot, and we headed off for the Northern Territory. We just felt we can't do it another way. There's no mm-hmm. Aboriginal groups here. Mm-hmm. Now there are, mm-hmm. but not then. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we did the standard thing, Adelaide up the centre, Ayers Rock, Olgers, Alice Springs. We made contact with Aboriginal groups in Alice through one of the school teachers' connections there, a wonderful saint of the Lord called Trevor Cutter, who was working for the Central Australian Aboriginal Medical Association. Mm -hmm. Um, He'd been a doctor in Ethiopia, and now he's working there. And he introduced me to... Pat Dodson, who's now a senator. Mm. You'll know him from the TV, wears a hat, has a big beard. Mm. And he also, Trevor, took us to his house and talked about his work with Aranda people, in particular Luritja people from south of Alice Springs. Trevor said, you must go to a settlement. Mm. Otherwise, it's just window dressing. Mm. A lot of schools ran a centre trip. And they got a bus, they went to Alice Springs, went to Ayers Rock and then drove home again or flo- flew one way. Oh, they're the the tourist spots. Yeah. Easy to do. Um, no contact with people at all. And mm. if you can do that very easily because mm. the people keep their distance. Mm. Now, it so happened that the one of the board members at our school had a brother who had been principal of the school at Yundamu mm. where the people speak Walbury as their first language Often they speak Luritja or Aranda or Kaudich for the second or third language and then there'll be English. Mm. Uh, in those days in particular, there was no media presence there. Radio didn't really come in, only shortwave, no television. Mm. Um, and Pretty it was remote. Three, oh, and it mm. was 300 k's of dirt road from, oh, there, wow. from anywhere. Wow. Yeah. Kind of risky taking yep. students. Yep. On that first centre trip where we hired the bus... The driver and his wife, bless them, just poured racist 
vitriol into the ears of our children. Oh, wow. It was astounding. Mm. They, they couldn't help themselves because that's how they saw the world, I guess. Mm. And my kids, the kids... Just would, had a really negative view oh, of Aboriginal community. Yeah, telling me. Mm. Kids would say to me, Mr. Yor, he said this, that's clearly not true. Mm. And they were right, you know. Mm. He, he couldn't see, he could not see mm. the wood for the trees, you mm. know. I could give examples, but it's not worth yeah, doing yeah. in the time. Yeah. So, anyway, back to the principal of the school. Mm-hmm. Herman Nyhouse, bless him, said, get in touch with the missionary at Yundamu. Yundamu mm-hmm. is the place to go because mm-hmm. he knew Yundamu. So we did. We got in touch with the missionary, Ed Kingston, lovely man, Jakamara. And Ed invited us to come out. And so on our own bus this time with our own Jack Driver, the principal who wanted mm. to be a bus driver, mm. got to fulfil his dream <laughs> with a trailer we threw together and cooks that we got from school. No one from outside at all. Off mm. we went. Mm-hmm. We had a bit of an accident with the bus, had to be repaired. That's all right. Mm. We went to Ayers Rock, uh, Uluru and Katajuta. I had, on our first visit, I'd purchased a few books about the area, about dreaming and whatnot. And so I was able to run you know, just the start of my own walks around the rock. Mm. And then off to Yundamu. Wow, well, what a mind-blowing experience that was. Here were people who did speak English as a third language, mm. and they all referred to one another by their skin names. What does that mean, skin names? Wow. Every Walbury person, and this is true right across the country probably, if mm different numbers, but every Walbury person is born with one of eight names. They get it through their mother. Mm. I was given the skin name Japajari, which meant my wife was automatically Nakamara, and my children are Nungarai and Jungarai. N names are the girls, J names are the boys. You have a skin name because Wanda and John have got skin names. So oh, you've my got, children? You've got the skin, skin name. Yes, your children. Mm. You've got the skin name appropriate to their their father and They probably your told wife, me at one mother. time, but yes. I think I've long of since course. forgotten it. Yeah. Of course. When we were at Yundamu, with our minds reeling, we played a footy match. Huh. And when we rocked up, They'd been waiting on the oval for us in their uniforms, ready to do combat. Oh, wow. An oval with not one blade of grass, mind <laughs> you. Yeah. And it was their A-grade team. And we had a bunch of year 10s, some of whom could play a bit and many of whom really couldn't. Yeah. So the first quarter, we were massacred. <laughs> and at quarter time, Neville Polson, bless him, who gone to be with the Lord now, he was president of the Baptist Union of the Northern Territory for a while. Mm. Neville Paulson said to me, oh, the teams are a bit uneven. Maybe we'll swap them around a little bit. Mm. And then at halftime he said, oh, maybe swap a little bit more. At three-quarter time, a little bit more fine-tuning. And at the end of the game he said, oh, teams are pretty even now. That's really good. Very Walpree way of viewing things, I think. You know, you help the person who needs help. Oh, okay. Ah, Yeah. So basically the sides were integrated. Yeah. Some, oh, yeah. Some completely. from the school, some from yes. the community. Yes, which meant every one of our kids was talking to one of theirs. Mm. It wasn't ah, like smart. us against them. Yeah, yeah, all, right. Not right. at all. So now you're working side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, they, the church there uh, put on a Christian corroboree at night. What does of, that mean? Oh, a dance, dance oh, okay. and singing. Yeah. Uh, put together by the people mm-hmm. on, uh, this was probably 
the story of um, Calvary, I think, mm. and the resurrection. I think that's the one they did. So there is a Christian influence oh, on the community. Yeah. There's been a Baptist mission there since first contact, or mm. not quite. Anyway, after World War II, when the government was firing rockets from Woomera Rocket Range up to that area near Lake Mackay, it came to the attention of the government that there were Aboriginal people living a tribal nomadic life out there and that if a rocket fell on some of them, it would mm. not look good oh, at yeah, the United yeah. Nations. So these people mm. were all rounded up, put in trucks and taken into three settlements. And many of them then walked back to where they'd come from huh. over the next several months and then huh. had to be rounded up again and brought in. And over a short period of time, they became very dependent on government rations. Mm. And so Yundamu, Willowra and mm. another place were, were set up. And But from the very start, the churches were the main, the Australian churches, the main organs of what would you say? integration, acclimatisation, whatever, and education broadly. Mm. And the Baptists got the Walbury people mm -hmm. who speak that language. Mm -hmm. And so there's been a Baptist mission there mm -hmm. from very early days. And um, has it had a impact on their community? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with retired high school teacher Colin Yule about his life journey and about how he became involved in taking generations of students to an Aboriginal settlement northwest of Alice Springs each year. We'll hear more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again retired high school teacher Colin Yule, who taught at Mount Evelyn Christian School for 38 years. Before the break, Colin began to share the story of how he became involved in taking generations of students to an Aboriginal settlement northwest of Alice Springs each year. Now, here's more of that story. When we were sitting around the campfire, the teachers from Mex and all the Yapa people had gone to bed. Yapa is the term they use for Aboriginal people, right? Mm -hmm. Yapa. They'd all gone to bed. We're sitting around just shaking our heads over. The learning curve was so steep, we were falling off it, you know. And out of the darkness came this European person, white person, mm. Wendy Barter, Nungala, and she said, where are you from? We told her. Turns out she's almost exactly my age, within a few weeks, and she'd been living in the Territory the whole of her adult life. Mm. And now at Yundamu, where she was a teacher linguist, mm -hmm. and she said, well, if you're really teaching Aboriginal culture you must teach language because mm. language and culture are so inextricably bound together. Yeah. And we said, well, how can we do that, you know? And she was a very, is still, a very generous woman. So long and the short of it, she came down to our school when she was on long service leave visiting relatives down here. She grew mm. up in Western Victoria. Mm -hmm. And she gave me my first lessons and she put together big books with pictures from magazines and Walpuri sentences underneath them. Mm -hmm. 
And so a Walbury language course came out of mm. nowhere. Oh, interesting, when I came to Australia and our children started to go to Mount Evelyn Christian School, I asked if there was any foreign languages taught, and they said, uh, <laughs> well, an Aboriginal language, yeah. oh, was it Walpuri? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow, how did that come about? Yeah, yeah. And now, years later, I find out how that no, came about. How it came about, all right. <laughs> and so after that, my wife and I and our two older children, who were then four and two, went to Yundamu for a fortnight to, I suppose, give me a bit of a leg up on mm. language and so on. That was much more intensive. Mm. It was just me, not the school trip. So I, we stayed with Wendy and Frank Barter and, oh, boy, hit over the head by again by that place. One day a man and some women came to the door, knock on the door and ask Wendy could they borrow her car because they were having a ceremony at Wallara, 80 kilometres north. Mm-hmm. If Yundamu is remote, this is remote with a capital R, mm. you know, a cattle station, nothing else. Mm. And um, she said, no, I won't let them take the car because I don't trust their driving. The driver only had one eye and no driver's license. Oh, yeah, could be a problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and she said, unless you want to go too and I'll let you drive the car. Well, that was talk about major turning points. Yeah. So I said, yep, um, I'll be on in that. So with my sleeping bag my pillow, a bag full of assorted groceries that she gave me, off we went for the weekend hmm. to an initiation ceremony. This is, this is like something that the average white Australian will never experience, hmm. to be that immersed in a culture like that. The hmm. uh, thing that struck me then and strikes me now and goes on striking me forever is that these people who really have every reason to resent our presence and our impact on their lives. Mm. And many of them have got grievances, personal grievances, because Mm. of discrimination and Mm. so on. And and dead relatives who were shot in the massacres. Mm. They're so welcoming. Mm. And so they they just are. And furthermore, they love to laugh. They laugh with you and they laugh at you. (laughs) So after that, period of me getting the Walbury program off the ground kind of is my my hidden curriculum which is not really hidden at all is to teach the culture mm. you know and if kids pick up a bit of language that's great mm. yeah they certainly learn the songs probably mm. your children can probably between them cobble together at least one song mm. um, after that we discovered that the Baptist Union uh, had some money set aside for non-evangelistic work among Aboriginal communities, and they hadn't spent it mm. for ages. And so we rocked up the school and said, how about you send us to Yundamu to live there for a while with a view to sharpening my Walbury, and we'll do some work. So we went for six months, and I taught that one-eyed, unlicensed driver, huh. Andrew Jabajari Spencer. I taught him to read and write in English oh, okay. for six months. I don't know whether we made all that much progress. We made some. Heather did some work at the school. And I also had the two blokes from the powerhouse generated Yundamu's electricity hmm. come and study maths to sit their engine driver's ticket, which one of them eventually passed. And hmm. that was a major okay. triumph. Yeah. So it's obviously had a huge impact yeah. on your life. Yeah. What do you think the lasting legacy is for all those students 
year after year after year going to stay well in the Aboriginal settlement yeah. and learning some of the culture and the language. What do you think is the lasting impact? Well, I think there are a couple. One is the rather obvious one, that no one who's seriously sat through my classes can fall for the three-card trick of saying, this is a primitive language, therefore it's really simple, because it ain't. Mm-hmm. It's very complicated. It has pronoun usages that English doesn't even think of. Secondly, and I've experienced this many times, kids will say to me, kids, you know, now they're adults with children of their own, mm-hmm. will say to me, I was at such and such a place and people were saying all Aboriginals are, you know, drunk, lazy, mm. educated, dirty. And I say to them, have you ever met any Aboriginal people? I've been to an Aboriginal mm-hmm. settlement. Yeah. And that's, yeah. This is what they're like. Yeah. They run their own, experience. Yeah, they yeah. run their own radio station in Alice Springs. Mm-hmm. You know, they run a medical service, all of this stuff. Oh, that's, that's really a lasting legacy. Yeah, yeah. And it does carry over into thinking about other cultures too. Mm-hmm. Don't just take people's word for it about negative stereotypes of people meet the people firsthand yep and see yes and that constantly keeps coming back to Mm me Mm -hmm. so i think that's a really really important lasting legacy Mm -hmm. yeah it undermines racist Mm knee-jerk attitudes exactly beautifully and do you believe it has a spiritual legacy to it as well well i certainly hope so because it depends on the individual kid, largely, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've experienced Yundamu Church and mm-hmm. Christian Walbury people, and through, mediated by me, of course, mm-hmm. thinking, just thinking about how do you take a culture which is completely other, mm-hmm. and when Christianity arrives, what does it look like? You know, mm-hmm. what, what's... Yeah, the impact of the gospel yeah. and Jesus. Yep, 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 absolutely. There's a man a wonderful saint of God at another settlement, Jerry Jungler, who's been a Baptist minister for a long time, very old man now. He sort of pioneered, really, making his people see some of the attitudes they had, which were very tribal and traditional, were okay and others were not. Mm -hmm. These ones are Mm contra-gospel and we have to think seriously about them. Mm -hmm. And instead of Talk about colonialism, eh? What, mm. what, what all white Michos can't help, almost, almost can't help, is saying, we know what is best. Mm. This is the way you should go. Far, far better for the people to sit with a cup of tea and talk about it mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. how do we deal with this? So it's a uniquely indigenous expression of the faith, well, not something imposed top down. Yeah. Is that what oh, you're getting at? Oh. Yeah. The Baptist missions have finally woken up to the mm. fact that these are indigenous churches and they have to be self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. And so they run their own church with the missions now having very little input, but certainly not not leadership or oversight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're quickly running out of time. Yeah, sure. But uh, that was just one aspect of your teaching career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts to kind of wrap up your life? There's so much more we could talk about. Well, teaching... John, as long as I have, and because I've got a beard and an earring, I must be wise. <laughs> I'm treated as a bit worse for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm treated as a bit of an egghead at my church. People will often say to me, "Colin, you know a bit about 
such and such, the gospel or the, the Bible. And I do. I do know more than many people. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, my, my friend David inspired me after he was dead, actually, to actually do some theological study, and that's just ongoing. And I find, you know, the more I learn, you know, that old axiom is the more you learn, the more you understand that you don't really know very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. You know, that, the more you know, the more you know you don't know. Yeah. 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 Does it ever? Well, I, I guess it all boils down to you consider yourself a lifelong student. Yeah. yeah and you I, encourage your, your students to look completely. at it that way as well. This year, despite now we're living on two pensions, I'm undertaking another subject and it's going to cost $500. I'm mm. auditing it. I'm not doing the assessment. But I'm just reveling in it. I love being yeah. a student. You're a student again? Yeah. In your late 70s. And I look like a student. <laughs> strangely enough, students these days have short back and sides and wear ties and do business studies, but never mind, never mind. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm not a hippie, but one of the spin-offs from the 60s is this. I always tell kids, do what you like. Mm. Don't do what you think is going to earn you heaps of money. Because mm. in the end, heaps of money... And not what it's cracked up to be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, that's one lesson we can learn from your life journey yeah. is you decided to do you, to uniquely be yeah, Colin yeah, Ewell, yeah, yeah. ponytail and all, yeah. and had a huge impact on the lives of students over 30-some yeah. years. And would you say it was all worth it? It was fulfilling? Oh, absolutely. There were details of my life I'd changed, but that broad outline, no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. No, I'd learn quicker. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Colin Ewell, thank you so much for sharing a bit of your story with us today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. American accent creeps in. It's so contagious, <laughs> isn't it? Thanks for giving me the opportunity, Eric. Oh, my pleasure. Well, that was part two of Eric Scadabo's conversation with retired high school teacher Colin Yule, who taught at Mount Evelyn Christian School for 38 years. And it was great to hear how God used his unique and sometimes unorthodox gift to impact so many student lives over the years. As we heard, one of his lasting legacies was being involved in taking generations of students, including Eric Scadabo's children, to Uindamu Aboriginal Settlement, about 300 kilometres northwest of Alice Springs. As Colin pointed out, it's hard to remain prejudiced against people who you've spent time with and got to know. These experiences have gone a long way in the lives of students to reduce racism and promote understanding of different cultures. And of course, as Christians, we stand against racism of any kind. As it says in the Bible, anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. That's 1 John chapter 2, verse 11. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Colin Yule's story and some insights into the yearly trips that students took to an Aboriginal settlement. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.